Fasting has been something that I've done occasionally, and uh, my wife and some special women in my life, here about a week ago, 10 days ago, came off about a 40-day fast. And uh, they agreed to give up certain things and, and fast for 40 days and be in, be in prayer, and, and they were praying two or three times a day and in Scripture and, and listening to, to worship music. And um, the end of 40 days, some interesting things, some exciting things happen. And, 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 and fasting is, is, is nothing more than getting rid of all the noise and all the chaos and all the craziness and just tuning in to what God would have us hear and what God would say to us during that time. And, and um, you know, over the last eight or nine months, I don't know about you, but we've got about 45, 46 days left in 2020, and I'm ready to kick 2020 out of here and get it over with, and, and, and just so many crazy, interesting, chaotic things have, have happened, and, and, and fasting is a way to just tune in to what God would have us hear and do and, 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 and see, and, and, and tuning in, you know, Caleb 88.5 on the FM dial. They are playing Christian music and they are worshiping God as we speak, but we can't hear that because we're not tuned in. And when we tune in, and fasting helps us nothing more than to just tune in and say, God, speak to me. Over the last couple of three weeks, I've done a one-day fast here and a one-day fast there. And my purpose was just to reconcile my spirit with God and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm sick of the noise. I'm sick of the chaos. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of all that's going on. Lord, speak to my heart. Show me what you would have me to do. Not my neighbor, not the person to my left, to my right, but Lord, what you would have me to do, what you would have me to hear. So um, that's not the sermon. That's just something I felt led to, led to say. Dial in to what Christ would have us hear. Um, stand with me as we read Luke 19th chapter, verses 1 through 10. I was a little bit concerned. I usually don't need reading glasses, and I thought I left my reading glasses in the car, and I thought I hope there's enough light for me to see, and there is. So we're going to read 19th chapter of uh, Luke, verses 1 through 10, and before we do, I want to say to, to, to Tony, um, man, you are a blessing on national television. And I, I was tickled that the nation got to hear Tony perform and I'm convinced that um, because of outcome and those illiterate judges, my wife will never watch The Voice again. She was quite disappointed and, and quite upset with those, with those judges. But, man, thank you for being with us. 
been with us this morning, you and your bride, and you, along with our praise team, uh, you're always a blessing to us. You know, the 19th chapter of Luke, verses 1 through 10, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at, Z- when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. Every church, I was a youth, I was a a full-time youth pastor for about eight years. And I think I've shared that with you before after I left um, professional football and and, and, and again, did that for eight years. And I learned that every church should have a mission. And uh, it, it, it should at least include three things. Encountering Christ, experiencing community, and expanding the kingdom. Encountering Christ is about coming into a personal, intimate relationship with Christ and responding to his overture to repent. Experiencing community and family is understanding that God does not want Quest Church to just be a a, a, a large congregation, but he wants us to be a large family. Family is different than, than, than congregation. Family has a different connotation, a different meaning, a, 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 a different bonding than, than congregation. And he wants us to care for one another, to love one another, to tolerate one another, per, to persevere with one another, to prefer one another, serve one another, be patient and kind to one another, and not to leave one another. And then the third thing, he wants us to expand the kingdom. At Quest Church, we want people to, who are looking for a church home, we want them to come and to be a part of us. However, and that's how Frankie and I came to Quest Church as believers, as people who accepted Christ as a personal Savior. That's how we came to Harvest Church and then, and then Quest Church. However, our main focus is once we... Once people accept Christ and they come to Church Quest, however they come, once we, they accept Christ and we disciple you and we disciple them to be disciples of Christ, disciplined followers of Christ, their mission is to reach those who don't know Christ. 
expanding the kingdom. So today I want to talk about the first E, encouraging Christ, as we read in Luke 9, 1 through 10. There's four things in this passage. Jesus is passing through. Zacchaeus climbs to view. Jesus comes to Zacchaeus' house, and Zacchaeus does a 180. He does an about-face. Jesus is at the end of his earthly ministry, and he's coming through Jericho, Jericho and, and, it's, and, and it's his last time coming there because Jesus is heading to Jerusalem to die for your and my sins. As he's going through Jericho, he sees a man, and this man is one of the most hated men in the city. He sees someone in a tree, and he stops his passing through to be at a man's house. God has a lot of very important things to do on earth, a lot of very important things to do on this planet. But when we put ourselves in a position to see and to be seen, God will focus what he has to do to minister to you and to me. The good thing about our God is it feels like all the things that God is concerned about and all the things that God has his hand on and all the things that, that, that God is doing in, in the world, it, it, it seems he stopped, it, it, it's difficult for us to believe that he's stopping to minister us. However, God can, can add infinite amount of deeds to his activities and he will never be distracted. That's what makes him God. You see, we, we, we think that it, it, it's hard for us to imagine that God can listen to over to almost 8 billion people in the world and that he would concern about little old peon J.C. Watts. Almost 8 billion people in the world and God can, can make us feel like he can, and, 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 and he makes us feel this way because it's true that he can be concerned about you individually. You individually, me individually. And sometimes it's hard for us to imagine, uh, imagine that because, and you know, we think that we're pretty good at multitasking. You know, we'll be talking on the phone and sending texts and trying to talk to the kids or we'll be driving the car and texting and we'll do, be doing four or five different things and we think that we're pretty good at multitasking, but we're not. Or we think we're getting better at multitasking, but we're not. We're just getting better at being distracted. But God can listen to almost 8 billion people and not be distracted by what Gino's concerned about, about what's, he- what's heavy on, on, on T.W.'s heart. That's what makes God different than us. I could never do that. I admit, I could never do that. I remember when I, I, when I was a youth pastor, we would be leaving church on Sunday when all the kids were at home, and, and I'd say, where do you want to eat lunch? And somebody'd say, Burger King, and McDonald's, and Furs. And I'd say, stop, 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 stop. <clears throat> one at a time. One at a time. I, I'm, I'm not built like that. I, I can't listen to everybody at one time. Humans can only listen to one person at a time. It distinguishes us among other things from God. He doesn't have to stop one thing to pay attention to you and to me. He can continue on his mission and make us feel we're the only thing he's thinking about that day. God is amazing like that. He is amazing like that. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. 
In order to be seen, you have to put yourself in a position to see. You have to elevate your spot wherever you are to get to a different place. Zacchaeus was short. He couldn't see, and he had to push people aside to see. He was excited to see this Jesus. Although he was on, a, on the opposite side of obedience with, with, with Christ concerning the nation of Israel, but Jesus garnered lots of attention, and everyone was trying to see and follow him, and they thought, this is the moment. This is the moment. And you don't think, you, you don't fool yourself for one second on November 2nd and all day on November 3rd, we had elections and we had presidential elections. There were people on both sides of Donald Trump and Joe Biden says, I hope Joe wins because if he wins, I'll get a cabinet post. I'll get an appointment. If Donald Trump is reelected, I'll get an appointment. I'll get a cabinet post. Man, I might be an ambassador. That's what they were thinking. The disciples said, this is the moment. People in Jericho were saying, this is the moment. He's going to Jerusalem. He's probably going to deal with Herod and Pontius Pilate, and he's going to establish his kingdom. He was going to establish his kingdom, but not the type of kingdom they were thinking. He wasn't going to establish an administration. He was going to establish a kingdom. And disciples were thinking, in this new kingdom, man, I'll be secretary of commerce. I'll be the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of, of Interior. People were saying, hey, I just want a job. I just want a job. Remember me. I'll put a yard sign in my yard for you. Just remember me in your kingdom. I'll follow you wherever you go. Zacchaeus couldn't get a sight. All these people, and he was short, and, 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 and so he said, um, if I might say, he, he, he's like all of us. Friends, we're too short. None of us can see Jesus like we need to unless we elevate. And I understand what short is. I'm, I'm, when I went to the University of Oklahoma in 1976, I was 5'11". About six or seven years ago, I went and took my annual physical. I was 5'10 and three quarters. About two months ago, I went and took another physical in August. I was 5'10 and a half. And I said, Lord, I started with nothing and you're taking more. I know what short is. When I played the University of Oklahoma, my left tackle was 6'7, 300 pounds. The right tackle was 6'6, 270 pounds. And, and, and I, all my life, I've been, I've been around all these tall people, and, and I've thought all of my life, Lord, you could have given me, taken a half an inch from him, a half an inch from him. You could have, I could have remained over 5'11". So I know what short is. I know what that means to be short. Zacchaeus was short. He, he, couldn't, he, he couldn't see. So he had to fight through all the people. And friends, we need help to get to another level in order to see God for what and who he is. And the beauty is, you got up this morning from a horizontal position. 
You came to church, meaning you elevated your position from one of horizontal and decided to come to church because you realized I cannot see God nearly as well, even in this COVID environment, I cannot see God nearly as well at home, online, as I can in the house. There's something about coming to Quest Church on Sunday morning and seeing Ricky, Rick, Rick, Rick Hawkins stomp his feet and, and seeing Jamie and, 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 and Talitha and, and Gino, our music team, and, and, and our worship team and praise team sing and our pastor preach and teach to us. You, you can't get that at, at, at home. When I get into worship corporately with my Quest family, my church family, something happens. When I hear the pastor talk about God, and, and again, our praise team leading praise and worship, they begin to elevate us to another position, and we walk out of church a little bit taller than when we came in. Friends, worshiping online, hey, and, and I, I am thankful that technology allows us to do this, especially in times like this. But friends, may we never forget not to forsake the assembling of the saints in God's house. We've got to elevate to see God's, to see God's fullness. Zacchaeus was the most hated man in the city. He was a tax collector. And, and, and tax collectors, they, they, had, they had their own category of sin. I mean, they, they, they were different. And, and, and what I'm about to say to you, friends, I don't mean to cast aspersions or judgment on, on the IRS or, or, or the Oklahoma Tax Commission. I, I'm, I'm just taking you back to this time in, 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 our, in our history to, to, to tell you tax collectors, I'm giving you some perspective on how hated tax collectors were. And, and if you turn to, uh, if you return to Matthew, the 18th chapter of Matthew, um, reading verses 15 uh, through 17, it says, if another believer sins against you, <clears throat> go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and, and uh, confesses it, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be, con be, be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. They had their own category of sin. A pagan or a, or, or, or a tax collector. The categories were murderers, liars, women who worked at night, men who took advantage of that. And then there were tax collectors. They were so hated. Why? Because they took from Israel and they gave the Rome and they did it dishonestly. I don't know what the tax rate was back then, and I'm going to say it was about 50%. Then the tax collectors would add about another 20, 25% 
on, on, on top of that. And um, that was probably low. But the tax collectors, after they added that, and if you objected, you had no recourse. You, 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 you had no, no, no appeal. You, tax gatherers were immune to prosecution, and, and they took whatever they wanted. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, so that meant he was the chief of all the corrupt, all the other tax collectors. And Scripture says he was rich. He had gobs of money. Folks hated him. Jesus sees him and says, Zacchaeus. How did he know his name? Zacchaeus. Jesus, Jericho was not the home of Jesus. How does he know your name? When, when, when you get in a place of elevation where you can see him better, when he calls your name and he calls my name, it is a privilege. When he calls our name. Zacchaeus was in awe that, that Jesus saw his name, that Jesus knew his name. This was the Messiah. He, he was wild. And then Jesus said, not only called his name, he said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. I'm, com I'm, I'm coming to your house. And the disparity was so great between who Jesus was and who Zacchaeus was. And an interesting thing happened. Zacchaeus started speaking of what he was going to do before Jesus ever spoke a word about repentance. Before he ever said anything about repentance. Zacchaeus started talking about what he was do, what he would do. And, and I'm tempted to say that Zacchaeus just started doing that automatically. But but I, I don't believe it was automatic. I believe it was autonomic. Automatically is when I'm I'm speaking, I've I've spoken a lot that I like to use my hands because it's just automatic. But autonomic means it just happens. It's a part of our nervous system. Part of our nervous system. You know, you don't have to say, "Gino, breathe." He does that automatically, autonomically. It just happens. You you don't have to say, "Heartbeat." It does that autonomically. It it, it just happens. But automatically, you you do it. You know because you're used to doing it. Zacchaeus didn't do it automatically. I think he did it autonomically. When God calls our name, we're so familiar with the religiosity of Christianity. Many of us who, who were raised in the church and, and, and around the church, we become so, so familiar with the religiosity of Christianity, we forget how special it is that God knows us personally. He knows us personally. I, I am still in, 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 in awe of that. We forget he's not calling us according to our sins. The people in Scripture, they said he's going to the house of a sinner, of a hated man. God didn't call Zacchaeus' name according to his sin. God doesn't determine our future by our flaws, and he doesn't determine our present by our past. Jesus would have been right to say, Zacchaeus, I know what you've done. I'm going to bring my wrath down on your head. He would have been right to say that. But instead, he calls his name and says, Zacchaeus, I'm staying at your house. I'm coming to your house today. 
The reason God calls your name is not to judge you. Not to judge me, but to live in our house. He wants to live with you. And, and, and by the way, you are the best definition of a fixer-upper. And so am I. We are the best definitions of, of a fixer-upper. We, we, we are no mansion. You are no place anyone would want a vacation, and neither am I. We're houses that would have signs on them saying condemned. And, and, and God says, I want to live with you. I want to fix you up, J.C. Watts, Jr. I want to make your house a, a habitable spot, not just for me, but for you as well. And we, we think, we, we convince ourselves we're places that's livable. And we do that because we rationalize. We say, well, I didn't kill anyone. I mean, I, I don't try to hurt people. I mean, I think I'm a, I'm, I'm a good person. I, 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 you know, if there's anyone on the planet God would want to live with, it would be me. But friends, I don't want to uncover old wounds, but I would just encourage you in the quietness of your mind after church, think about what you've seen over the last eight or nine months on Facebook and social media from Christians from people that had that little fish sign on the back of their car. <laughs> Think about what you've seen and what you've heard. I mean, I, I, and I'm not on Facebook. I, I told you that I was on Facebook for about seven months, and it just got too dramatic for me. And I, I said, I, I've got enough stress in my life. I don't need the extra stress. So Frankie kind of tells me some of the things that she sees and some of the things that she reads. And, 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 I, and I'm amazed. I'm amazed. The last eight or nine months have proven, friends, that as believers, we can rationalize when I'm talking about a Democrat. We can rationalize when I'm talking about a Republican. We can rationalize when we're talking about those people over there in that other church across town. We can rationalize when we're talking about the neighbors next door. It's almost like we have concluded that how I treat other people, my white brother, my black brother, my red, my yellow, my brown brother, that it's not as bad as murder. Yes, it is. The consequences are different. But when God says, thou shalt not kill, thou should not steal, thou should not bear false witness, Thou should, when we violate one of God's commands, if it's stealing, if it's killing, we are violating God's law. We are violating the one that said, thou shalt not. Remember this. Adam and Eve didn't rob us a Walmart. They just ate. They violated God's law they, by eating. But we say, but we say, I just heard a text in my ear. I understand, Lord. I, 
I made that point clear, I hope. <laughs> but we, we say, my lying isn't as bad as murder. My stealing isn't as bad as this or that. But again, when we do any of it, we disobey the one who gave the command. Somehow or another, Zacchaeus got this without anyone preaching him about it. He realized there's such a difference between Jesus and me. I am the last person in all of Jericho he should choose to stay with. That's what Zacchaeus was thinking. My house isn't set up for him. He, he, he was thinking, I have stuff in my house I've stolen. I, I've defrauded lots of people. I've built my wealth on the back of poor people. I've done everything wrong, and he wants to stay in my house. Zacchaeus had a revelation of his own sin. Do you? Do I? And friends, I'm not trying to preach us under this morning. I'm, I'm just trying to preach us to a level that we can see God in his fullness and, and we can receive from above and respond like Zacchaeus. You're in, you're in, you're in we are in an elevated spot this morning in, in, in church. Listening to God's word for you, but when you go outside the walls of the church, it's time to come down to serve. You elevate, and then you come down to serve. It's time to help other people understand that God wants to live in their house, and that God loves them, and he loves them so much that he allowed his only son to die, to go to Jerusalem, pass through Jericho, heading to Jerusalem to die for the sin of all of mankind. Red, yellow, brown, black and white, man, man, woman, Jew, Gentile, Protestant, Catholic. He allowed his only son to die for the sin of man. It's time to help other people understand that God wants to live in their house and that he loves them. Come down, Zacchaeus, so I can come and live with you. I can be in your house, clean it up, and I can live through you. Come down. When he came down, this is what Zacchaeus said. And remember, Zacchaeus had no Christian training. Zacchaeus didn't have small groups. He, he didn't have Bible study that, that, that he could go to. He didn't have any of that. He had no Christian, Christian training whatsoever. He said, I'll give half my possessions to the poor. If I've taken anything from anyone, I'll pay them back fourfold. Zacchaeus brought it up. Again, autonomic. He brought it up. He knew what he had done. His response was, Lord, I'm going to change. His encounter with Christ made him different immediately. Now, friends, why did I say that? There should be something with our encounter with Christ that it doesn't take, it shouldn't take me eight weeks or eight months or eight years 
to repent. It, it, it shouldn't. We, 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 should, we should know and be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we know something's not right here. Rather than repent, we often start to bargain with God. And we say, Lord, if, 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 if you do this for me, I'll start going to church. You're supposed to. Lord, if, if, you, if you do this for me, I'll be faithful to my wife. You're supposed to be. Lord, if, if you do this, I'll, I'll do that. If you do, do that, I'll, I'll do this. But, but, but you know what? You know, what I've learned, if, if, if you're trying to bargain with somebody, don't you usually have something they want or something they need? When we bargain, try to bargain with God, keep it in the back of our mind, we have nothing that God wants. We have nothing that God needs. So I, you, and then I, I'll admit, I've been in those places where I've said, Lord, now look, if you'll take care of this, I'll, I'll do this. But you know what I learned in, 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 in the maturation process of my Christian journey? God doesn't bargain. He has nothing that J.C. Watts needs. He has nothing. I mean, he has nothing. That, that There's nothing that I have that God needs. There's nothing that I have that God wants. And when we start doing that little bargaining and, 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 and do, saying, Lord, I'll do this if you'll do that, you know, j- just, just think about it. Just remind yourself. Bargaining with God doesn't work. Zacchaeus knew what he was not. And his life changed in a day. Pastor reminded us here a couple of weeks ago that trials, God does not allow trials to come into our lives to tell us what we are. He allows trials to come into our lives to tell us what we are not. If we didn't, if we never knew what we are not, we 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 would never know what we needed to do to become who God wants us to be. And sometimes God says, okay, he, he doesn't believe. Fa- you, you, we used to hear our, our parents and our grandparents say, if you're probably 40 years older, you've heard your parents or your grandparents say, he doesn't believe fat meets greasy. And, 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 and what, they, what they meant was, is, is just he, he keeps doing the same old thing, and pretty soon, as my father used to say, if you keep walking down a bear trail, pretty soon you're going to run up on a bear. So... Again, Zacchaeus knew what he was not. His life changed in a day. When God calls your name, when you encounter him, do you respond like Zacchaeus and say, Lord, I present myself to you. I'm willing to repent and fix everything I've done wrong. Lord, fix my house. Lord, repair me. Help me not to rationalize. Lord, help me to be honest with myself. And you know what? Usually when we look in the mirror, we are honest with ourselves. But we ignore it because it makes us comfortable. Because we do what we want to do and not what God would have us do. It's just like drinking. I, I mentioned in my last book how comfortable it is, and we all have done it. Drinking from the cup 
of victimhood. We all have done it. And you know why we do it? Because it makes us feel good. Well, I wouldn't have done that to Tony if Tony hadn't have done that to me. God says, treat Tony the way you want to be treated, J.C. Don't treat Tony the way you think he treated you and how wrong you think it was. You still treat him the way you want to be treated. J.C., if you, if, 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 if you want Gino to be your friend, J.C., why don't you think about being a friend? When God calls your name, do you respond like Zacchaeus and say, Lord, I repent. I, I present myself to you. I'm willing to repent and fix everything I've done wrong. Lord, fix my house. Jesus wants to make our lives better. Sometimes we don't know what loss looks like until he shows us what found looks like. And found looks like this. A person who encounters Christ and he says, or she says, Lord, I'm yours. No conditions. No conditions. None. Zero. Nada. I'm changing for your glory. For your glory and everyone's betterment. You know, when I was a youth pastor, there was, it, was, it was interesting how we could reach families through, uh, we could reach parents through kids. And how we would get the kids excited about what we were doing. And, 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 uh, and then before, uh, b b before long, mom was coming to church and, or, or dad was coming to church. And dad was usually the last one to, 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 to give in and, and, and uh, say, uh, well, and, and then dad sometimes would say, well, yeah, I'll come, but... With Christ, we say, no buts, no conditions. Lord, I'm yours. Fix my house. Lord, help me be who you want me to be. Lord, shape me and mold me. I put my clayish life, my doughish life in your hands. Lord, mold me and shape me as only you can do. Friends, no rationalization, no conditions. God wants to stay in your house to make it habitable, not just for him, but for us, but for you. And friends, and when, a, when a church family not a church congregation, but when a church family gives in and says, Lord, we're yours. Use us in Norman. Use us in, in, in the Oklahoma City metropolitan area. Use us in our state. Use us in our nation. Use us in this world. No conditions. None. None. Lord, fix us. Fix us. We're not going to have uh, 
an altar call this morning. Just in the quietness of your heart. No conditions. No rationalization. That, 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 that 10-acre heart that, that, that we have that, that, that represents who we are, we, we've said, nine and a half acres I give to you, Lord, but I'm going to keep this half acre for me. That's where the rationalization comes in. Say, Lord, I give it all to you. Mold me. Make me who you want me to be. And again, Quest Church, we want to be God's church family. That we laugh with each other, that we cry with each other, that we hurt with each other, we persevere with each other, we encourage one another. And we, we don't have to be the kind of family that, you know, that, that huggy, touchy-feely, feeling family. We, we're just a family that says, I can talk about my brothers and sisters. You can talk about them. Yeah, my, my, my brother or my sister, you know, I'm, I may have some watch brothers and sisters that's dysfunctional. You can't call them dysfunctional. I can. Hey, my pastor may not be, be perfect, but he's our pastor. Hey, our music team, I think, I think our worship team is as good as it gets. You might not like that, you know, Gino is moonwalking on stage, but hey, he's our guy. Jamie's our person. Talitha's our person. Tony is our family member. No conditions. Quest Church. No rationalization. Lord, come into our house individually. Come into our house corporately. And Lord, make us who you want us to be. Again, in the quietness of your heart, you say, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart. Remove the conditions. Remove the rationalizations. Lord, fix me and make me the house that you want me to be.